Eleven means. The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. Electric light. I thought he was saying electric, electrolytes. Yeah, he was saying, yes. Oh, oh, hey, 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 uh, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, because we go all over the world. Uh, I am Lewis Dix, and you are tuning into In a Man's World. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, we're back. Hope everyone had a relaxing, good uh, holiday. Oh, oh, I know. Uh, I would say great Thanksgiving, but for those of you who don't celebrate certain holidays, because I have people in my life who, you know, say it's called it the massacre holiday, or whatever. So I came up with a phrase, holiday. You holla on that day for whatever you want to celebrate. You get the holla on that day. H O L L A dash A dash D A Y in caps. Holidays. Because sometimes you might be off, you don't have to work. So you can holler off of that. So shout out to the Native Americans uh, for uh, for for just being who you are. So I want to play this clip. Number one, I was I've been searching comedy clips because I'm a comedian. That's what we do. And, and sometimes I was jealous, but of other comics. Now I enjoy it. I don't know. But here's my first clip of my you might be off, you don't have to work, so you can holler off of that. So shout out. See, cause black, see, black people think, see, black, Asian, Latin, we think we the only ones that had it hard. White people had it hard. I feel sorry for the pilgrims when they first got here. You think that was easy? They got a buckle on their hat. Come on, that's hard times. When you gotta tighten your hat. Come on. The buckle's right here, it's giant. They get a headache, they just tighten the f-ing buckle. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, feel, I feel sorry for them. Can you imagine that? The first pilgrim that talked to the Native Americans, man? That was hard, man. You see him getting off the little boat. We <laughs> are about to get f-ed up, huh? 
I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I, I love Tommy Davidson. He just cracks me up. He looked good there, too. He looked good there. I mean, not that he looked bad any other time, but he what a talent he is. I remember when he first came to the Comedy Theater, he was like, Phew. everybody's like, where is this energy? Who is this little guy that's just destroying? I mean, he's just, um, not that I would pay to see too many comics, but I would pay to see him. He's a talented man. So shout out to Tommy Davidson. Um, I made uh, sweet potato pie, my mom's recipe. But I, and here's the thing, because uh, my mom said it to me, but she didn't, my mom doesn't measure. So I didn't measure. So what I had was I had a French connection, a couple of them, and I just was just throwing it out there. I was just measuring, pouring, you know, I put, um, of course, eggs, a little butter, sweet potato, uh, nutmeg, cinnamon, um, lemon, extract and, and vanilla extract and carnation milk so but i was just throwing it in there and just tasting it and see what happened but the the two pies i made came out or as Coulter said fire they were and you know your pie is good when people keep going back to the refrigerator eating it so i was you know i don't know how i did it so my thing is from now on every holiday holiday is going to be two french connections before i make my pie okay and um i did a lot of bartering because um uh, Code Three's people made the greens. I'm not really a green person because, you know, um, my kid's mom just makes some fire greens. Um, so, and I'm not allowed to eat her food anymore. Uh, well, and let Code Three know. But uh, my writing partner makes serious potato salad. I thought my mom made the best potato salad until I tried my my um, writing partner's. Uh, she, Dr. Uh, Turner, makes the best potato salad. So I asked her to make me some potato salad. And I gave her three bottles of wine. Now, I walk in the crib with her potato salad. And it's in a kind of a big container. And, of course, Code 3 had a little attitude. Wait, where'd you get that potato salad? Now, first thing came to mind, I was going to say that I made it. But then I knew that story wouldn't fly because she's an investigator and I knew. So I just like, sometimes you just say the truth. Hopefully, you say it more often than not. But So I was like, I was like, you know, Dr. Turner made it. You bring another woman's... Uh, food in this house and I was like it's good so of course I leave come back in the kitchen and she's trying it and she's like oh yeah it's, it's good okay you can bring that in so, so she lost all the attitude and tore it up and so uh, after she tasted but um and that takes me to today's topic because um I, I was thinking about things that we as humans do well and things we don't do well and um and how, how you feel about who you are and what you bring to the table in, in love, work, parenting. You know, because there's certain things that we all do well and certain things we don't do well and certain things we can kind of do and certain things we learn and get better at. Um, so I was going through that, and, and, and I have two great guests, uh, comedians, who are going to, I'm sure, make fun of certain things that they do well and other people don't do well. Because we got, I mean, we get better at things, and, and, and some people have false assumptions that they can do things really well. And then, you know, when you're younger, you think all, your parents do everything well. You know, then you start, like, I thought my mom made the best tuna. And then when I got older, her tuna is horrible. Because I make really good tuna. You know, I add my mom, you know. But back then, it was good because we ate a lot of canned goods. So, um, like, my dad can really drive. You know, I can drive on surface streets really well. Freeway, because I, I, I didn't, in Philly, you know, it's, it's an expressway and it's not that long. California, they got just all freeways. So I'm not a good freeway driver. I get a little, 
you know, days, and I just, you know, it's going too fast. But surfing streets, I can, I can do my thing. I'm not a good freeway driver. Um, Code Three is a great driver because she, that's they train to do that. She can whip the car back and all that. Um, I mean, it's really funny too. It's sometimes it's really interesting when you find out, you know, that that certain adults can't do common things. You know, I mean, I remember a friend of mine. Um, I was directing a play, and in the play, he had to use a yo-yo. Now, he's a grown man. He didn't know how to yo-yo. I was shocked, you know, and he used to be on this show, and he couldn't yo-yo, and I clowned him. I was like, how do you not know how to yo-yo? That's like, I thought that was like growing up 101, that you would yo-yo. So I was wanted to throw this out. The number's uh, 310, I'm sorry, 323. I can't see. I, mean, I got to change my context. Uh, 323-815-4204. 323-815-4204. Give us a call and let us know. Give it some thought. And you people in the chat room, I want you to chime in about what things that you can do and things that you can't do and things that you found out that your friends or relatives can't do. And it's like, what? You don't know how to do that? You know, and, and, and like my son one time called me, about him and his girl was asking about baking a potato. And I was like, put it in the oven or the microwave. And I think, I don't know, because he knows I can cook. So I guess he was maybe trying to figure out the best way to do it. Um, but you have to learn. Trial and error is the best thing of learning how to do things. I mean, it goes all the way back to learning how to tie your shoes. I'm just amazed sometimes because I coach little kids of, of six, seven, eight-year-olds who don't know how to tie their shoe. That was something we had to learn. I mean, we, we it was like a, a lesson for us. You didn't, you couldn't, it was because it was embarrassing to the parent if you didn't know how to tie your shoe. That boy too. And it was a funny thing about growing up was you got called out in mixed company when you couldn't do things that you should be able to do at a certain age. You know, that, that, boy, that boy can't tie his shoe yet. You know, and it's, it's just interesting. Oh, it's funny. When I was leaving the, the house today, because it's been, it's been kind of, I don't want to, to the people back east. I'm in California. I'm going to say it's a little nippy. We're wearing sweatshirts now, but we still can wear T-shirts and, and shorts. So I know it's not relative to you guys when I say it was kind of cold. But I was putting my lotion on it because I put Vaseline on my face. And I thought about, I heard my mom's voice. Um, it's cold out there. You better put some Vaseline on your face. It was, I was just started laughing to myself about certain things we were told by our parents and adults that we never questioned. We just did it. You know, we to this point where we even repeat it to ourselves. You know, you better put some Vaseline on your face. Um, uh, it's cold out there. Because Vaseline was just good for everything. Um, you, my, I remember my mom saying, you better eat now because I'm not going in that kitchen later on. So you, you had to eat because she wasn't going to be cooking nothing later on. And you, and, and you, you could count on their word. Your parents said something, you, 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 you trust that they meant it. Like now, kids, parents don't mean what they say because they're trying to be their friends. Um, but I want to play this, this clip right here. It talks about uh, Patrice O'Neill, the great comedian, rest in peace. Talked about something that he can't do. Clip number two, what he can't do. And I, I just... <laughs> I like, I can't spell... If I had to spell restaurant to this day, right, to save my mama's life, like if... if like if somebody held my mama hostage and had a gun to her head, right? And says, nigga, spell restaurant. You know, like, I'm gonna shoot your mother in the head. I'll be like... I would look at my mother like, uh, I love you. You gotta look at me, mom. She's crying. 
understand that I, I love you with all my heart. <laughs> Stop stalling, nigga! Okay, all right, all right, all right! All right, all right, all right, all right. R-E-S-T. Oh, my God. Here's where it gets. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's uh, a ooh, there's a ooh, ooh. Resty, stew, right, right, <laughs> That whole special, it's called Elephant in the Room, is just <clears throat> brutal. I mean, he's so funny. I mean, every comic, you know, he's the comics comic, one of the few. Um, but he, he talks about missing, uh, how America looks for missing white women before they do black women. And that's amazing how it's so true as com. And that's the thing about great comedy. It, 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 it stands the test of time, you know, the bit, you know, you can listen to it. Like you can listen to a Richard Pryor bit. You, you'll be able to listen to that bit for years, 20, 30 years, and it'll still be relevant to people who are living life. So that's, I think that's the beauty of comedy, that we, 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 a lot of things we do are relevant. And I guess good film, good art. So good art does that. Um, and it's funny because sometimes we, we look at some, we'll look at someone and we'll, we'll judge them, you know, based on, you know, how they look or, you know, what, where we think they are economically about and the things that they can't do. Like we have, you know, stereotypes, you know, it was a, before you couldn't, before you were able to highlight stereotypes. <clears throat> because even when I going through all the comedy bits, when I'm watching and seeing which clips I want to play, I hear comics do bits, and I'm like, ah, I can't do that no more. Uh, or I'd say, I wouldn't do it. You know, because like, the whole thing used to be about Asians couldn't drive. That used to be a big thing that you think an Asian can't drive. You know, like, okay, they can. You know, because it's a lot of, you know, black and white people that can't drive. It's just human. There are certain things people, um, because you can always tell like older people drive slower, younger people drive too fast, or they don't know how to turn. It's just certain etiquette driving, you know. Like, like I know a comedian does this bit about how when uh, Joe uh, Joe Fox does this thing about how you want somebody to pull out so you can make the left turn too, but they stop, they don't pull up, or and you just wave your hand at them. Excuse me, which is uh, interesting. You know, it's just certain things we do. I can't stand that either. I I don't. I don't blow my horn anymore because people are just crazy. So I flick my high beam. I flick my high beams. And I, cause I think you only should use your horn to protect yourself because people are just crazy. You don't know how it's going to set somebody off. So I flick my high beams to try to get people to push up, but I never understand why people just sit there and don't let you move up too. So you can make the left turn. And you know, sometimes you got to just, some, some drivers are just bold. Um, like you look at a tall black guy, you like, all right, he can hoop. But then you get disappointed when you find out he can't hoop. He's like, well, you, you, can't, you can't play ball, you know. But he's smart, you know. You know, like a, like you feel that all fat people can sing or they're in a the choir. But, you know, some I'm sure some people. But I always feel that big people can dance. I've yet to meet a big person that can't move, you know, that can't move. And I was funny because when I was doing my notes the other night, you know, Code 3, because I was like, She's looked over my sheet because everything with her is in plain view. If it's in plain view, she, she, she's able to look at it. That's how cops do. So I wrote, she doesn't season well. She, she can't. She can't season food well. And I wrote that 
I can dance. And she's like, you can't dance because I'm a two-stepper. You know, I'm a two-stepper. But if I have more than two drinks, I can dance. I feel like everybody feels like they can dance. And that's evident from seeing people who can't dance who try to dance. Um, and you'll even tell people in mixed company, you're like, I'm not riding with them because they can't drive. You know, older people, you know, some people can mix drinks really well. You know, some, that's what they do. Of course, they call bar t- bar- bartenders. And some people, like, I don't have a sense of direction. I can't, I can't, I, I have to go the same way all the time. And I've been out here in California for like over 20, 30 years, and I can't, I still get lost. I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to go that way. I just don't. And my, my son has a great sense of direction. He's had it since he was like four or five. He would say, no, go, you go that way. And he's always had a great sense of direction. Now, I feel I can dress, I don't think I can, I don't think I can coordinate well. You know, I can put a suit on. And but I, fashion, I, I'm not really a high end dresser, you know, like my and dressing is different now. I grew up in the era where things had to match. Like every time if I have my whole sweatsuit on, my son's like, no, dad, you're not supposed to wear the whole sweatsuit. So kids now are in the mismatch. You know, they, they it's the odder, the better it is, I guess. Um, uh, I can cook. I can cook. I, I can really cook. Uh, so give us give us a call. Let us know if you can cook. Or if you can uh, dress. Um, and uh, I can jump rope, but I found people, it's kids who don't know how to jump rope. Now, not double dutch. Double dutch is different. But just having a rope and jumping, I found out that kids don't do that. And they can't jump rope. Where I believe at least 90%, 95% of, of my generation knows how to jump rope. You know, I mean, kids who were in wheelchairs tried to jump rope. <laughs> That's not, I mean, that was funny for me. Um, I can't spell. I'm not a good speller. Can you spell, boss? You can spell? Okay, I'm not a good speller. I, I, I struggle hard with spelling. But even, you know how you know you struggle hard with spelling when you try to, because in your phone, you can punch in the first words and it'll pop up. Even when I do that, it doesn't work. So I, I don't, I don't spell. I, now, can you, do you have good penmanship? I don't, I've noticed that older people have really good pen, uh, penmanship. People who, you know, like, you know, in their, their 70s and 80s, they have, and they might not have had a high education, but they can cursive. They can, re- like, my mom has great handwriting. I don't think, oh, my. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't think they teach cursive in school anymore. Oh, Okay. But that was a big thing growing up when you when your parents looked at your papers and they said, you know, you can't this boy. I print. I do a lot of printing. I, 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 I scribble my name. Um, uh, I definitely can't sing. I, I can't sing um, at all. I can kiss, though. I'm a good kisser. I'm a good kisser. Um, I'm a good kisser. Huh? Everybody that I, I've kissed, you know. Says I can kiss. Your nose don't get in the way. I thought the first thing I knew. <laughs> no, it don't get in the way. I, I, uh, I don't think so. I've never had. I, no, I don't think anybody is. And that would have been something someone would have called me out in an argument when they were mad at me. And you can't kiss because you're big old nose. So I've never heard that. Um, I can't see well at all. I can't see. I, I, can't, I have bad vision. Um, I can read fairly well. It's uh, some certain words I struggle with if it's more than like three or four syllables, but I, I can read fairly well. I, I think I give good advice. 
Um, I'm getting better at taking advice. I was really bad at receiving advice and being uh, criticized or being told I couldn't do something. That used to be a really a big problem for me. I used to get upset. And I, I get really, I get hurt if someone calls me stupid. Um, even though, and I've, I've had that insecurity of not being really smart. And um, that, that's something that I, I, I've, I can't climb trees or I can't, you know how people can climb over a fence? I can't do that. I, when I get to the fence, I, it's hard for me to get that leg over. I have no confidence when it comes to climbing. And I got buddies who can really climb, and um, and I can't. I got guys that can just jump and just whoosh, jump over a fence. Whatever. Oh. Okay. So now it'll be funnier. Thank you. <laughs> um, is that the thermostat? No. Oh, the lighting? Yeah. Oh, was that looking too dark? No. Hilarious. Um, Definitely can't swim, can't swim, cannot swim. Uh, I can I can get from one end of the pool to the next. I I can't save anyone. I can't wash dishes either. I have a really, I'm bad at washing dishes. Uh, I make great Kool Aid though, straight up, and I'm fairly organized. I'm I'm fairly organized. Um, I'm good at getting up on time. Uh, my son can't get up at all. He's bad, horrible. But I'm good at getting up on time and and getting getting somewhere early. Um, I cannot play an instrument. I cannot play an instrument. And I've always wanted to. And, and I agree when people say that you should make your kids learn an instrument. I think it, it, it you know. Um, I pick good movies to watch. I can pick a good movie. And speaking of that, later we're going to talk about um, some movies. I, I saw King Richard, which I enjoyed. Um, and I, um, I, I really think they, um, I think, uh, Richard was a little, probably a lot more outlandish than Will played. Mm -hmm. You think so? I mean, I've seen, I remember, and I tried to find this clip, um, on the internet. I could not find it, but it was a long, long time ago. And the news was interviewing Richard Williams and I guess Serena or Venus just won this big match. And so the reporter asked him, well, what are the people in Compton doing to celebrate um, your daughter's win? And he said, oh, probably smoking some weed, drinking some Hennessy. I was like, what? <laughs> he, he said this on the news. And I was like trying to find that clip the other day. And it's nowhere wow. to be found. But... I always remembered that. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I enjoyed Will Smith's performance. I like him as an actor anyway. I thought the girls that played Venus and Serena were really good. I thought they were really good. And of course, I love the mom because the mom's from Lovecraft I, I, and she's from a lot of other things, but I thought she was great. Um, and um, yeah, he, he knew what he was doing. He, 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 um, and see, that's a great example, you women out there, of listening to a man. Listening to a man. And when he tells you to do something, follow it and listen to him and look at what happens. But a lot of you women fight us. And a lot of you don't have a Serena or a Venus. So that's, see, that's right there. Really, Lewis? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me right now. 
Uh, that's why he's called King Richard. I'd love for somebody to get King Louis. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I, hey, <laughs> I know that's crazy. Um, I haven't seen the Kevin Hart flick. Um, you have. I thought it was great. Everyone says it's great. I've I, I got to push myself to see it. Why? I don't know. Dramatically, I think Kevin Hart's hilarious, but dramatically, you haven't and I think given it's a, the movie a chance because it's to me. Um, and I heard Kevin say this himself on one of the morning interviews. It paralleled his life, like in terms of like um, he said that situation. It was a scene. I don't want to do any spoiler alerts for um, anybody under a rock who hasn't seen it <laughs> besides Lewis, right? Um, he said that incident really happened to him on the plane, this incident in the movie. Oh, okay. Um, he said also that he's always wanted to kill somebody in his movies. So he, you know. Okay. Now that's interesting because I, I, I love Kevin Hart, but I think it's a little bit of me because I think I'm a, I believe I'm a really good actor that, that when I see him do drama, I pull back. I'm like. I mean, he's just so good. He surprised a lot of people. A lot of people didn't expect that. But I think he, again, was probably drawing from real life. Like, I th- I would assume, it, they say even bro, uh, bro people, but your relatives, if you're a multimillionaire like that, you know, they're always going to want some money from you. you know? Even if you broke, they want some money right, from you. Right, exactly. <laughs> so... Um, but it was really good. It had a lot of um, surprise twists and turns in it. Mm-hmm. Well, he's so talented. And I, I think what there's a little bit of me in me that says that I'm from Philly too, Kevin. And one time it was a comedy club at Mixed Nuts and I was about to go on. And Kevin came in and, and he was like, yo, man, I need to get up now. And I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, Kevin. And I don't feel like I've never been rewarded for that. <laughs> really? Lewis? Yeah, it's like, hey, Kev, I'll let you go on but before when, me. Uh, the other thing I did notice, speaking of Philly, he really he shot it in Philly, and he, you know, right. all the um, aerial views and right. neighborhoods and I, in Philly. He couldn't let me play a mailman. I just feel like, but he's always nice to me. He's always cool. But I'm like, but his he takes care of his Philly boys. I think I was just five, eight years older than him to the point where that's you're not my buddy that way. And it's okay, but that little thing is like, I'm not going to watch it yet. I'm going to watch it. I'm but. that way when it comes to, like, new music. Like, if somebody say, yeah, such and such just put out a new album, I have to be, I think, mentally ready to listen to the album. Right. Like, I, or it be in the mood to be open to listening to mu- new right. music. But sometimes I discover new music on accident when I'm listening to, like, Pandora or something, and something just pops on and catches me. But... If somebody says, listen to this album, I, it's not like I want to pop it on right away. I got to wait till I yeah. feel like and it. And Kevin Hart's so talented. I just, you know, hopefully one of his people are listening. They're like, yo, man, hook Lou up. I think like that, and I shouldn't think like that. Um, but uh, And I, I last night we watched uh, Bruised, Halle Berry. Um, I didn't want to watch it. But, you know, and that, something happened interesting to me, and I'm going to talk about it. Uh, after our guest, because he's about to come up soon, and I want to, and watching the Halle Berry movie, it was a scene, and, you know, we were kind of cuddling while we were watching it, and and I just want to know if that was appropriate, and I, I fought it. <laughs> it was, I laughed to myself that, really? 
That can't happen during, the, you know, and I'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm Lewis Dix. Uh, the name of the show is, what's, uh, it's uh, In a Man's World, 323-815-4204, 323-815-4204. We're talking about things that you do well, that you can do, that you can't do. Uh, I was saying some things like, I, I can ride a bike, I'm pretty good, I can't really pop wheelies. I see guys on motorcycles. I saw this big thing on Crenshaw Boulevard. It was like 100 motorcycles flying down the street. And I'm assuming most of them were brothers. They were doing wheelies. And, I mean, you got to you gotta have some kind of courage. Um, I, I can speak in public, of course. You know, and they said that's the one, num, one of the number one fears of people is speaking in public. Um, um, I have trouble socializing with women when I first meet them. I don't have, I don't have any game. I, I don't know how to rap to women. Uh, that, that's something that I, I notice about myself. I gotta, you got to show that you like me first, and then, you know. Um, but uh, I do my best to remember birthdays. I actually have to put them in my phone, and I write them down, and because and, I like, it's important to remember people's birthdays and certain things of the passing of their parents, and I like to sh send a little text, peace to your heart on this day, just to let the person know that, I, I, I'm thinking about them, about things that are important to them. And Code 3 said I'm a good listener. But I think once you're in a relationship, you, you, you train yourself to be a good listener because you now know that's part of the, that's part of the J-O-B. Is, is, especially nowadays is that because you, as a parent, you hear all the time that you don't listen to me. You never listen to me. And you hear that in relationships. That's the go-to whenever somebody's mad at you. You never listen. You don't listen. That's the, women just use that so much. Because men know women don't listen. We know that. So we don't throw that back at you. You always throw that at us. That you never listen. You guys, I've tried to talk to you and you never listen. You only hear. Oh, another good one is you only hear what you want to hear. Women say that all. Why do you guys say that all the time? I think both sex say that to each other. No, men did not say you don't listen to me because we don't. We say you you didn't hear me. You didn't What's hear me. What's the difference? Well, I think the difference is the, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is that you heard what I said. Listening is I need you to give me the the right reply back. That's what I think with women. I think you guys. If you don't hear the correct response, the response you want, then you feel we're not listening. That's what I feel. All right. Um, that was your dad on the phone. Mr. Dix called in. He didn't want to go live. He didn't want to go on the air, but he wanted me to tell you that you're doing a good job. Oh, Lord. I, you know, he's, <laughs> he's about to turn uh, 81. So what you... What, no, that's great. That response. No, I, I that's I'm surprised that he didn't want to go on the air. No, he said he'll call some other time that he's glad that you're working. <laughs> he's always been glad that I'm working. That's been a theme with him. And, and, and that's he's that's one thing that he's really good at. He's really good at supporting his children. He's a good supporter in that respect. He, he's I, I give him that 24 seven. I've mirrored my 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 style of of doing for my kids a lot of things i do for my kids he's he's right there you pick up the phone he called me the other day <laughs> he called me the other day and um i don't get good reception at code three so i always have to jump out of bed and go to the other room and find a spot so he calls me and he says um hey man because he always calls just checking where does in. she live in the woods like <laughs> it's weird it's just it's my phone so she'll 
he calls me and he says, hey, man, just checking. Uh, you OK? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, because it's, it's windy down there. <laughs> I said. Well, a tree did fall on somebody's house last week and they, they okay, died maybe that's from what, the wind. Okay. So. I thought it was weird. I'm like, yeah, Dad, I'm inside the house. A huff and puff. So, okay, I didn't know that part. So he probably knew that and didn't tell me that part. Well, your guest is in Zoom. Okay, cool. Well, um, I'm going to show you a clip of this guy, this gentleman. Um, and uh, I'm going to do his intro, then show the clip, and then have him pop up. Um, now, he's from um, Cupertino. Uh, Cupertino. Cupertino. What is that? Cupertino, it's California. up north. Yes, up north. He's uh, um, he's born on the same day as my dad. That's interesting, on the 12th of, of January. The same date, not date. date. Okay, same date, excuse me. Uh, he's an actor, uh, comedian, screenwriter. He starred as Mouse on the Jamie Foxx TV show. Crazy legs in the film Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. He also portrayed uh, Tina Turner's oldest biological son, Craig Turner, in the biopic What's Love Got to Do With It. He's a writer on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and served as the head writer for SB, ESPN ESPY Awards. And I know it's a lot of other things because Google gets everything right. Let me show you a little clip of my man, and then uh, we'll have him pop up. Sully McCullough, very talented comedian right from here in L.A. Please welcome Sully McCullough. Funny man, you might recognize him from The Tonight Show, David Letterman, and he played Crazy Legs on Don't Be a Menace to South Central. Come on, you know <laughs> what's up, yeah, play what's up, play up. I'm not in bad shape. I got like the perfect body for an eighth grader. Yeah, if this were junior high, I'd be the man. Women, they talk a lot of shit when you're uh, skinny, too. That's what I've learned. I met this girl the other day. She's like, you're cute, but I'd probably break you in half. <laughs> what you supposed to say to that? Shit, if you weren't so fat, I might let you try. Please welcome Sully McCullough. Sully, hey. Sully. And can you hear me? I can hear you. Can't see you. Nice. But, hey, How are hey. you? Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Look at you. Uh, you. You just showed a comedy clip that nowadays is controversial. Oh, that's because true. Because I use the term fat in it. That is true. I was just, yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah. You could get me, just doing this this show could get me canceled. No, not on this show. We only have about 17 listeners. You're good to go. You're good. Oh, okay, you, good. Yeah, yeah, you're good. good. You, I want to yeah, no, make sure that I'm not getting canceled. No, not on this show. We, we don't, they don't, most of our listeners, they, they don't, they just, no, trust me, you're good. Uh, how, thank you so I, much for uh, agreeing to do this. Of course, man. Of course. Uh, I like that you are representing Harvard Westlake with your gear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that your dad had the same birthday as me. Yes. Yes. I didn't know either. Till I was Googling you and stuff like that. I was like, oh, 12. Yes. So he'll he'll call me tonight and tell me about that. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, he'll nice. tell me. You'll have a sidebar conversation. Yes. I, so, I like that gentleman that I share a birthday with. Yeah. Yeah. He, he He's funny like me. Now, I wanted to ask because all the guys who zoom in have their did you specifically pick this background is that your zoom background uh this is actually my my real life background like i uh last year i was hosting a basketball show called run it back and so i wanted it to have a basketball theme but then i also wanted it to be reflective of the things that i care about so you'll see over here that is my mom and uh, me and my brother, and it's very 70s, you know, uh, young, black, you know, us. I have a dashiki on. I can't see. All we see is your mom's fro. 
Okay, well, that's enough. That gives you what you need okay, to see. Okay, right. It's, There's a picture of me and my brother. She's holding two kids. Uh, I'm the oldest of seven, so there were many more kids that were going to happen. Uh, that's So that's that. But then I also have over here uh, Angela Davis with a very similar fro. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I just I wanted to make it reflective of the stuff that I like. Um, right here is a basketball uh, from Gary Shandling's game that I used to play in. Gary Shandling was a friend and a mentor. So I wanted to keep something that was a memory of that. I played in his game for 18 years. Okay. Uh, and then this is a, this is interesting, dude. This ties it all together. This is a pair of OG 85 Air Jordans uh, in the red and black. And my uncle, his birthday is January 12th. Wow. So, so those he gave me those one year as a gift, and I, I figured I would put those in a case because they're, you know, the sentimental value of it, and they're, they're valuable. Now. now, what book is that? I see a book there. Oh, this book uh, was, oh, like, dude, this was a Jerry Seinfeld's new book, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I was represented by uh, those same managers, so they sent me an autographed copy. And, uh, and, and yeah, I haven't found a good place for it, but, uh, I just have this there. Good. Now, now that's interesting because you have, I know you as a, you, you wrote on the Jay Leno show. Yes. Okay. But it's interesting because you, you're in both worlds comically. You're, you're in the, the, the hood world and you're in the Jerry Seinfeld and Gary Shandling world. Well, you know, what's interesting, dude, it's like, you know, you were saying my credits beforehand and you actually knew me before I had any credits. Like you were one of those guys that was uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, you know, you, you, you were further along in your comedy journey. And it was important to have someone like you in the mix to see where you could take this. So I've always been very appreciative of our friendship and, and really valued it because I felt like, you know, you were a little different than a lot of the comics and kind of paved the way to show where you can get to in this business. And I, I have been fortunate to sort of straddle multiple areas of how you, how you can get down in this business because people think, you know, your trajectory is just going to be one thing, but you really can do a lot of different things. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself into just one thing. Right, because I remember you used to hang out with Sinbad because you used to be on, we were doing a different world. Yeah. And you attended UCLA, right? I did. Now, I, did. I remember an incident where Sinbad wanted to get a computer. But you, <laughs> but you, uh, and I just remember overhearing this and I'm like, okay, Sully's got connections because somehow you were attending and you got it at a discount through your student well, discount. See, here's the thing, dude. They, uh, at UCLA, they give you a student discount. Mm -hmm. So you can buy one computer per calendar year and you get the student price break. And I was doing extra work on a different world while I was in college and Sinbad was like my first really famous comedy friend. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, made friends with him. You know, a lot of times, you know, if you're a star on a show, you don't really talk to the extras. But once Sinbad found out I had that computer hookup, <laughs> uh, we that 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 made our friendship work. You know what right. I'm saying? So we had it was funny, man. We sort of pre-planned what our relationship was going to be. So he was my uncle, 
that was buying a computer for me. So just in case something happened, we knew our story, right? right. And sure enough, <laughs> you know, we went to buy this computer. First of all, Sinbad messed it up. I'm going to just be real because he brought cash, right? In like a fanny pack. And so when he went to pay for the computer, the security stopped us and they separated us, right? And they wanted to make sure that our story checked out, but we had pre-rehearsed our story. So in the midst of us, them shaking us down like something crazy was going on, I think they recognized that it was Sinbad and our story checked out. And so we went from almost not being able to get this computer to them personally walking us to Sinbad's car to load the computer up for us. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, that, I, was, that was my first high stakes acting job. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was, <laughs> I never forgot that. Every time I think of you and Sinbad, I it's, think- It's pretty hilarious, dude, because me and Sinbad are forever bonded because of that. And, uh, you know, when he started hosting Vibe, that was my first writing job that got me in the guild. And I think maybe that was just a give back that I didn't fold under pressure. Okay. Okay. Now, the, speaking of your first writing gig, when you were you intimidated when you because you were around were you around a bunch of writers who had been there and you were new to that game? Well, on on Vibe, it was interesting because you know Chris Spencer and I were friends in college. Uh, you know, probably when I first met you, it was it was probably with Chris. You know, we were just young and trying to get in the game. Uh, so Chris was the initial host. I came on board. Uh, I wanted to be almost like, like Christopher, uh, what was Letterman's partner on, on uh, the David Letterman show? Who yeah, would come uh, in? Uh, yes. Chris, Chris Elliott. Yes. I wanted to be like him on Vibe, where I was a writer on the show, but I would come in and do characters. And at first, you know, it was, uh, that show was, was, the executive producers were Quincy Jones and David Salzman. And uh, Quincy took a liking to me really early on, uh, but they didn't feel like they needed that for the show. So, you know, I came on board just as a writer. The other writers were, you know, they had a mix of writers. Jeff Brown was a writer on the show at the time, uh, um, but they had a mix of just regular writers. I honestly was fairly confident when I got hired on that show, even though it was my first writing job because Chris and I knew each other well. I had studied late night television and felt like I understood what the comedy needs of that show were. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what ended up happening was I came on board just as a writer. When Sinbad replaced Chris, I was still under contract. I had a friendship with Sinbad. So I stayed on board and all the things that I wanted to do initially, I got to do with, um, I got to do with Sinbad. Okay. Now, so you you had prepared just you were preparing yourself through UCLA and studying late night to actually end up where you ended up, which was a right on the was how was that experience for the Jay Leno show? Did you like was it a well, wow that, moment? That, the Jay Leno the late Jay Leno show came years later. Right. Right. And um, that was an interesting experience. Like I'll t I'll tell you like how that all came to be because it's pretty I, I think it's pretty interesting and pretty telling about the lack of black writers in uh, behind the scenes power positions. And I say power positions, meaning you are instrumental in creating ideas and shepherding ideas. Um, 
I got hired on The Tonight Show in 2008, and that was Jay Leno's last year when they were phasing him out to bring in Conan O'Brien. And so at that time, that was when Barack Obama had secured the nomination. And an executive at NBC was like, uh, we should probably have a black writer on this show because we're about to have... Um, we were about to have our first black president. And so they had a diversity department at, uh, at NBC, but there were no black writers in the diversity department. Wow. So a writer on staff recommended me. I was, uh, I had a job as a producer on last comic standing at the time. Uh, they had me submit a page of jokes. Uh, I took a meeting and they hired me. So I was technically a diversity hire, which was something that I wasn't, necessarily happy about but it was a huge opportunity so that staff had uh 18 writers total at the time it was 15 white writers two women and myself wow and i spent a year at the tonight show as basically the black writer on the show now what was okay walking into that experience what what did you have to arm yourself or disarm yourself with to feel like I could, I got to stay in there? Well, you know, it was interesting. One of, the, one of the writers befriended me. Like, I knew some of the other writers just through working, you know, in the business and amassing producing credits in other areas. But one of the writers was really instrumental in sort of walking me through the process. When you get hired as a writer on a network late-night show, you get what... Um, they call our 13 week contracts. So every 13 weeks, they can decide to pick up or drop your contract. And she was very, um, you know, she let me know what the score was. She was like, look, um, you're writing for your pickup. Uh, if they don't pick you up, don't take it personal. It's just business. So I did like that. I liked the fact that I knew what the score was and I made it through my pickups but it wasn't easy. Like you're going into a system where they're like, hey, um, we are, we're, you know, this is, this is established high level television. And it's almost like we're allowing you to be in this space. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I even though, even though I was a qualified writer, you know what I mean? And I had had mass credits before it was still, this is a list a list television and uh and, and it's rarefied air and you should be happy to be here yeah because i remember um it was a few comics around uh, and it was some show you were working on and you had a a thick book of jokes and a lot of uh us were trying to clown you about all that those white jokes and everything like that and you like straight up said this is me this is how I get my work. I do my job. You were just at a whole nother level. Everybody else well, is. You know what's was... interesting, dude, is like on The Tonight Show, they, they were very straight out with what the job requirements were. They said, look, we want uh, quantity over quality, which was one thing that they said. And they said, we just want you to feed the system with jokes. What I, what I didn't know before I was hired was they were really looking for somebody 
to find what the comedic angle on Barack Obama was. So they wanted a black writer to supply them with a point of view so they could make fun of Barack Obama. Like I was a fan of Barack Obama's. Barack Obama was the reason that th that this opportunity was created. So I wasn't looking at it like that. I was looking at it like I'm a skilled writer. I have a voice. I have a point of view. I'm going to do what I can do to feed this system. Mm -hmm. And it was challenging. What, you what, know what, what I mean? Like it really was challenging um, because if they're looking at you as one way and you see yourself as a different style of writer with a different move, there's going to be a little conflict. Mm -hmm. What What was some of, or if you can remember, a, a, a joke or two that you wrote that made it air about Barack that you felt really um, you felt good about it? Well, it's interesting. Like, you know, I, I know you uh, were mentored by by Dr. Cosby and you've had a long term relationship with Cosby. I remember the day that he was a guest, I wrote the lead joke, which was about uh, Dr. Cosby being the only black person uh, on NBC and uh, something something to the fact where I equated it to Barack Obama. And that ended up being the lead joke. And so that was like one of those days where um, where I really felt like I made an impact because understanding how, you know, how narrow these margins are. And even though you can be as successful as a Cosby, you're still the only one. You know what I mean? Right. So it was, I don't remember exactly what the joke was, but it definitely touched on what that was um the the tonight show monologue just specifically it's it was 27 to 35 jokes a night um and like i said there were 18 writers on that show and they were all writing monologue jokes plus jay uh likes to read the jokes that people fax in which are which are called submission jokes and they pay a hundred dollars if they buy those jokes so they say that he read about a thousand jokes a day to make up that monologue so the margins for getting jokes on the show are really pretty narrow you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. uh i think my best day within the course of the year that i was there was i got three jokes in one monologue and that was you know that that's saying something for you know what you're you know, it's a thousand jokes that he's reading a day. Right. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Don Reed was doing warm up at the time also, right? Well, not when I was there. Okay. I think he was doing warm up maybe, maybe earlier. Like, okay. it, it's funny, dude, like that show, you know, for all the, and, and I equate it to getting paid to go to grad school. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I felt like the discipline of having to write every day, um, was invaluable. And I used it in, in every job ever since. Like I would get up at four thirty in the morning. I would start watching the news cycle. So I was thinking about what I wanted to write. I would drive into NBC. By that time, I would get the newspapers, start writing. I would turn in my first batch of jokes by about ten thirty. Uh, I would start my second batch and get those in by about lunchtime. I would take lunch and then I would start building for one more submission before the end of the day and then do that process all over again. So it really was a discipline of just writing. And those style of jokes are difficult to write because what you, what you have to do is you have to take a setup, a very clean setup, 
set up the scenario and then have an immediate punchline. You know what I mean? So, okay, so so real just interrupt. So like Jesse Smollett. So yes. how would you construct the joke there? Well, you know, like I would I would I would take whatever the, the, the setup is, like the cleanest setup about whatever him being in court, and then you know, there's the two dudes that that you know that that set up the thing and then have a, a immediate punchline. But I also had to know, dude, like I'm writing jokes for a dude that may or may not know who Jesse Smollett is, other than the fact that he's on trial for maybe creating this racial event. You know what I'm saying? Got it, got it, got it. So, so you got to stay in, you really got to write, you're writing jokes for mainstream America. And that was one of the interesting things about spending that year at The Tonight Show, because I really was robbed of the hip factor. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't go to that as a move, like that you are hip and in the know because you're writing for an audience that isn't really as hip as you. Right. Unlike if you're writing, like, say, for Jamie Foxx that's hosting the show. Oh, absolutely. 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 So you like, would... like, you know how Dave Chappelle has that joke about uh, Jesse Smollett where he calls him juicy? Mm -hmm. Like, right. you couldn't do that on The Tonight Show because... They wouldn't like. They just wouldn't get it. Right. They wouldn't get. Juicy. It's just got to be very down the middle jokes. And there were times where I would write jokes where I felt like, okay, I've wrote the most mainstream joke that I could think of, and it still was too hot, too harsh for that world. Wow. Like wow. I would look at the jokes that got in, and I was like, that doesn't really feel like a joke to me. But right. then I had to remember, I'm writing for Jay Leno, so it has to make sense to him and come from his voice, you know? Now, does that, did that uh, um, change your stand-up? You know, I mean, because you're, you're somewhat... Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you this, dude. Like, to navigate that situation, I figured out the best way to do it. Like, when I would submit my jokes, I would submit a clean setup, and then I would do three versions of the punchline. So I would do the punchline that, that, that first made me laugh. I would do a punchline that I thought he would do. And then I would do a third submission just to protect myself. And I felt like that was the best way for me to navigate that job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wanted to... Um, uh, um, did you ever consider doing something else other than comedy and writing? Other than comedy, writing, any other profession you thought about? Well, I mean, at UCLA, I was a political science major, and there was a time where I briefly thought about going into politics. I worked at the School of Law, um, so, I, so I became friends with a lot of the law professors. Um, they were pushing for me to go to law school. But to be honest with you, Lou, I always knew what I wanted to do, and I never felt like this wasn't a risk worth pursuing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, sure, I could have went to law school and I probably would have been fine as a lawyer. I do think there's some benefits to having a law degree because most of the entertainment business is negotiation of contracts. You know what I mean? Right, so right. it doesn't hurt to have that weapon in your, in your, in your arsenal, but I always wanted to do this. And, um, 
you know, that it, it was worth the risk to me. So I don't think there was anything else I would rather do. Now, I know I know you as, like you said, we've known each other for a while as a family man. You got two beautiful children. Um, yes. Kennedy's yes. a graduate. Where did she graduate? HBCU, right? Uh, she graduated from Spelman. Spelman, yes. Uh, yes. And then she's, she's acting now, right? Well, she's doing more um, red carpet stuff, more reporting. Uh, she she acted as a kid. She was in daddy daycare. Mm-hmm. She did a lot of commercials. My son did a lot of commercials. He actually just booked a, a Subway commercial, and he was really hyped about it because uh, he didn't go to his prom, but he got cast as a dude going to his prom. Oh, okay. So he's like, I'm getting paid to not go to my prom. So I'm, you know, he was really happy about that. And he started a bow tie business, didn't he? He does have a bow tie business, business, yes. Um, And that, his bow ties are at Nordstrom's and they also are at Fred Siegel. And the bow tie business was cool before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit and nobody was wearing bow ties. So Uh as things uh, are getting somewhat back to normal, maybe uh, maybe the bow tie business will. Now, now when he came to you guys, you and mom, about... I want to start this business. What did you guys do? like, okay, or? Well, I, you know what's funny, man, is I, I used to work for Ralph Lauren uh, before the stand-up days. Like, actually, when I was in college at UCLA, um, that was, you know, I put myself through school, and that was one of the ways that I did it. So when he had that idea to do that, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, he's got a fashion sense, and he wants to be an entrepreneur, and let's, let's, let's roll with it. Good. Good for you. So you knew what pitfalls to keep him from falling into. Yeah. And and I think his mom was really instrumental about giving him the basics of, you know, understanding the 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 fabric district downtown. And, you know, like a lot of those things are relationships where you find people that can, um, you know, uh, bring your vision to life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, well, you know, it's, it's been really good for him, I think. The great thing about this generation that's younger than ours is they can make it so many different ways. And their uh, friendship pool uh, is able to climb these really high heights that, you know, we, we probably didn't have at our disposal or we didn't know how to navigate. Right. Now, I, we've been today we've been talking about things that we can't do and can do. Can mm-hmm. you can you spell? Uh, I, I can. Uh I'm a pretty good, I, I finished second in my elementary school spelling bee. <laughs> what was the and, word? <laughs> uh, what? Oh, you know what word I lost? I lost on aisle. Aisle, okay. Aisle, like not I, aisle, but aisle. Not, A-I-L-S-E. Oh, okay, not I, okay, not I. Yes, I spelled C, I spelled it the other way. I-S-L-E. Yes, and that was my undoing. Oh, okay. Can you cook? Uh, I can cook a couple of things. Okay. Uh, I'm really good about making the holidays. I make these eggnog pancakes that are really pretty good. Okay. Uh, that is my specialty. That's my, I make them for the kid. In fact, I promised my kids now that it is officially December that I'm going to whip up some eggnog pancakes. Fair now I know the answer to this cause I've seen you, uh, dance. Can you dance? Cause I've seen you robot. I Dude, I was crazy legs. Uh, oh, okay. Fair enough. I was crazy legs. Fair I enough. was the best dancer in the hood. Okay. And here's the funny thing. We shot a scene in Don't Be a Menace 
where it was crazy legs before the accident. Mm -hmm. And I was really (laughs) most hyped about that because I was like, I'm going to show people that I can really dance. Okay. So yeah, I I was like coming up, I was a breaker and a pop locker. Actually my brother, we would, we would battle crews, me and him, my brother, my brother, Shaman, who is uh, this all world martial artist now. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, he would do, he would ha- tackle the break dancing and I would tackle the popping right and between the two of us dude we would take out whole crews so when don't be a menace when I got when I got the part of crazy legs I was like dude I was born to play this part and that scene of crazy legs before the the accident mm-hmm. that was like that was supposed to be my little homage to all the break dancers and poppers out there that i really do this oh fair enough uh can you sing uh not really i did in high school do a play um godspell where i had to sing in that mm-hmm. and so after regular play rehearsals i would have singing rehearsals and I didn't really think I had that great of a voice, but my drama teacher was like, you can sing, you just don't think you can sing. Oh, okay. Now, are you good at remembering birth dates and other dates? How, uh, I mean, people? with the help of Facebook, sure. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you yeah, as far I'm as... great at it. <laughs> how are you as far as organizing? Can you, are you... Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm a sneaker collector. So I have a storage that has the majority of my collection and I've spent uh, the past two years because of the pandemic trying to really organize my storage and my storage looks pretty good right now. Okay. Now, can you climb like a tree or a fence? I have trouble climbing over a fence or climbing a tree. I can climb over a fence. I'm pretty good at climbing a fence. Uh And I honestly want to learn how to like rock climb uh, because I, I hike a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the next level is is uh, is rock climbing. Um, how about driving? Oh, I'm a good driver. Yeah, I'm a really good driver. You okay. know, I I um I had a, a 911, a Porsche 911 mm-hmm. for a number of years that got stolen. And that was my little oasis from the business was getting in my Porsche and going for drives. So, um, I'm yeah, I'm a good driver. What about uh, can you play an instrument? Um, in high school, I played the recorder. What is that? The recorder is the, like the flute, okay. the little flute. Okay. Um, so I'm good at that. Um, okay. But can oh, you... I was good at that. Yeah. Can you swim? I can swim. Yep. Okay. My, my stepfather used to make us swim laps in the pool and we used to hate him because he took all the fun out of the pool. You know what okay. I mean? Like when you're a kid, you want to just play in the pool and, you know, do all that. But no, we had to swim laps. Okay. Yeah, I'm with, so listen, I, I, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate the time. Uh, so, you didn't ask me any basketball questions. We oh, didn't talk basketball. Uh, we didn't. Well, I know you used to hoop all the time. Now, okay, here's one I basketball. I still hoop. Okay, I still hoop. Here's one. Okay, I saw, because I coach hoop, and I saw uh, the one of the Waynes brothers, uh, nephews. Oh, Marlon's son. Marlon, is it? No, what's his name? John. Sean, his name is Sean, he but it's plays, Marlon's son. He plays at South Pasadena, right? Yes. He's yes. a senior. Yes. So that's Marlon's son. Yeah. Because I saw Craig there, and I guess. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, he. Um, his yeah. son's a little hooper. Little hooper. Um, 
I mean, no, I mean, he's, I mean, come from a coaching perspective. Now, just my coaching, I don't, I coach yes. JV, is that he, he could really be a good tight end in football. Oh, really? You he's, thought he had more football game than Oh, he's built game? more football. Basketball, he's, I mean, because he's in, he's in between. You know, he's, yeah. you know, he's yeah. like, he's not really a guard, it's forward. You know, so really... tell me this, dude. Uh, uh, you know, because my son is playing Frosh Soft at uh, at El Camino. Yeah, we played against him last year when he was. Yeah, a freshman. well, last year when nobody played, so we didn't yeah, get before any. Before that, the year before the, that, yeah, yeah, his freshman year. Yes. So they're all juniors now, like juniors and sophomores, um, and they got a good little squad. So it, I hope we play each other, so you can, like, you know, critique his game, and I can get a little inside coaching assessment. Right, because I think when we played, it was your. Uh, it was your he was son. a freshman then, and they weren't really getting no, minutes. no, like, yeah. And, and I think was Speedy Son playing on that team, or yeah, was... Speedy Son was on JV then. So, right. uh, and he and he his son is transferred art out, so he's somewhere else now. Yeah, so yeah, because I like the El Camino coach. We we actually played them. Um, we coach show. Yeah, we watched them the play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the varsity coach. Yeah, he's he's, he's yeah. pretty. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty good. And uh, and, and Christian... he's, a, he's a Hooper dude. I hoop with Coach Joe. You know, uh, like for fun. And he calls all his boys, and those runs are super competitive. Yeah, Christian Holden, uh, son plays. Yes, yes, yes. yes Christian yes. Holden, son plays. Yeah. Now, I, yeah. it's funny because I was talking to the coach, and we were talking. He was like, "Yeah, that's the Wayne's." But I was like, "Yeah, he, he has an okay game." I said, "None of the Wayne's really could play." I know you play with them a lot. They, I played with with Damon. Used to have a run back in the day, right? Damon. And he would invite a bunch of comics, and it was cool, just you know, for the comics to get together and play. But you had to let Damon score. Well, you know, it was at Damon's house. Yeah, so you had to, you know. You know, yeah. house rules. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, I mean, a little they, couple extra passes, yeah. you know. And Martin Lawrence, uh, he was a good hooper. Uh, yeah. Robin I played Harris with Martin. A, yeah. I played um, with Arsenio. Like, Arsenio had had a little game. Yeah. Chris know? Spencer's son plays for us now, right now. Yes, he's yeah. Hurt, and he, he like, he broke his hand, but he's coming back, right? Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, he's he's a really good athlete. He's a really another yeah, kid no, that Chris, I... Yeah, uh, no, Chris sent me the video of him dunking for the first time. Yes. So he was very proud of that. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, like, uh, Reginald Hudlin's son did not decide not to play in seventh grade. He's there. So, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, he's a little okay. kid. Yeah, but uh but yeah, no, I remember your son. Your son had a lot of steals. He's long. Yeah, no, he's a good he's a good defender. Yeah, he's and he's once long. he learns his speed, I mm -hmm. think that's the next level for him. Yes. I I I look forward to um but you're a Laker fan? I'm a Clipper fan. Okay, good. Good cuz Lakers yeah, uh, I'm a Clipper fan. And I'm a Clipper fan because I grew up in Northern Cal. Uh when I when I transferred to UCLA, uh, you know, like the Lakers are the marquee team. And of course I loved Shaq and I loved Kobe, but I couldn't afford those tickets. Right. And yeah. I would always get free tickets for the Clippers. Yeah. Cause so, that was Kadeem and, and Daryl Bell. That was Kadeem and Daryl Bell. Yeah. And I just felt like the Clippers were like, here's, here's the thing I say about the Lakers and Clippers. Like when you go to a Laker game and you get somebody's card, they're in the business. They could be a producer. They could be a writer. There's somebody that's got some juice. Mm -hmm. When you go to a Clipper game and somebody gives you your uh, uh, like their business card, it's somebody that can do something for you for real. Like they'll, you know, paint your house. Hilarious. They will detail your car. <laughs> you know, like they're an expert roofer. Like right. you know what I mean. Like right. it's 
it's a whole different thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the whole thing about the shiny thing with nothing behind it in the Lakers. Yes, game. yes. Hey, listen, thank you so much. We got to run. Your boy T.K. Kirkland's coming up next. Oh, cool. Tell him I said what's up. I will. And thank you so much for taking the time, man. Much love. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you. Look okay. forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Suli McCullough. Suli, thank All right, you. Later. Later. All right, that was cool. Um, the one thing that I know everyone knows is that comedians, you know, we have stories. I love his story. I, I, I just, it's so much depth. To be in that world, that Jay Leno world, that world that we're not privy to, we only see the finished product, to know that he was a leader uh, for that last year for us, making sure that Jay Leno said the right thing that wouldn't go below the waist, as I always say. You know, I mean, so uh, shout out to him for, and he's always been that way. He's always been a, a leader in that world of, that a lot of us don't get access to. And still keeping his rhythm. I'm Lewis Dix. Uh, the name of the show is, uh, it's In a Man's World. That's the name of it. 323-815-4204. Uh, uh, today we're talking about things you can't do. Um, that was interesting. He said that, yeah, he remembers birthdays because of Facebook. And that is true. Um, and so if you, anybody in the chat rooms have some things that they... I was just going to say the whole Facebook thing is interesting because... It's our, it already posts your birthday, but I find it odd when people go, it's my birthday. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it, it, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, people are big on look at me, look at me, yes. you know, and it's like Facebook is their new imaginary friend. And it, I think it's good for people who don't have friends. They need Facebook. It's a lot of people who don't have friends. Um, and, you know, I mean, a lot of us will say we don't have real friends, but we're lucky for those of us who do have real good friends to, you know, to just be there for us. And, and Facebook, yeah, it's a lot of people who say things that because on Facebook, everybody's doing well. Everybody's, you know, it's like I'll look at comics. I'm like, oh, man, he's killing it. He's killing it. Then I'll see him and I'm like, oh, he's not, he's not killing it. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's, you know. <laughs> It's just you would think people are just at a whole nother level. You know, this um what what's that phrase they use? Um fake it till you make it. Yeah, no, that's one, but the one when they say, um, this is what I'm doing or this is me or something about uh living my best life. Yeah, no, it's some um something about they're doing whatever they fake that they're doing right now. <laughs> they show a picture of a their feet on the beach and you know, and this is me right now, you know, or Oh, um, 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 um I know what you mean. I yeah, know. yeah. So, yeah, they, they, you see that a lot, you know, and you be like, okay, you know. Um, my current situation. Yeah, my current situation. And, you know, and some people, and I don't get the hospital thing where people will be in the hospital bed, you know, all tubed up and saying my current situation, like we need to know that, <laughs> you know, because I just, you know, or, or the thing where they say don't, don't scroll past that until you say amen or something. And I go right past it. <laughs> I go right past. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not. Saying. I just think people share entirely too much. Way too much. On, uh, I think like, and then the people who want sympathy. Yes. You yeah. Know, um, if things are that bad, get help. Yeah, because it's something, and people, like you said, people put all their business out there. All the now, I understand. I saw now some things are really good, but you read like Takara got got a. The guy proposed to her, Takara, the comedian. Oh, I didn't see that one. I, I think, you know, that's, women are really good at flossing, so to speak. Um, well, men are getting good at it too, but women, you, 
you believe them because their girlfriends um, push up, uh, you know, back them. Um, they, they. We have a call. Hey, caller. We averaging one call a day. You wonder where you've been in a man's world back again. Up to in to see the nose. If it's but he ain't sure. It's good to see you back with OGP. Was it working out with Nick and Speedy? I tuned in to see the nose and for Jeff or no, but he's on coke. <laughs> hey, Louis, you giving it a try again, huh? All right, who's I commend the... you for doing it by yourself. Well, thank you. Uh, who's this? Oh, this is Kevin Haynes. Oh, what's up? Hey, Hayes, hey, how are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good, brother. I'm I'm, I'm good to see you back at it. I I actually been holding that one for a while. Oh, hilarious! Wasn't taking no calls at the studio when y'all was over there. Oh, yeah, that was a yeah. I, I I'm trying to do it uh, the right way, and you know, doing homework and trying to put a good product out. I appreciate you you hanging in there with us. Um, hey, well, keep working at it, man. You know, keep how's working at how's the family? Job, man. Oh, oh, we good. Good. We good. Uh, I just had some turkey soup for lunch. Did you finishing it on up? Now, how did you guys? Everybody made it through the pandemic, okay, with your people. Well, you know, no, my my wife lost her cousin. Mm -hmm. Sorry, so that's kind of a long story. Uh, the kids brought it brought it in from Texas. Mm. So, other than that, everybody made it pretty good. I had a couple other relatives get it, and a lot of people I know that that uh, I work with got it. Mm -hmm. But but other than that. Yeah, everybody's doing good. So you good? You kept your hey, house man, clean. Uh, oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. I, I wanted to. You were talking about comedy earlier, mm -hmm. and you—I mean, you're a comedian. So, man, these comedians are now putting Allegedly. on these virtual shows. Oh yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, they're putting on—they're putting on these virtual shows, right, where you can buy a live stream ticket. How do you feel about that that type of situation? Now, okay, now help me out. Being, what does that mean? That you you buy a you buy a ticket online and then you watch me on a computer? Yeah, watching it from home. You have you you know who Kev on stage is, right? Yeah, I know Kev on stage. He was, doing, he was doing those keep your distance shows. Started out in the pandemic, but he did a Thanksgiving show, and I guess they're doing a Christmas show. Man, the live stream, beautiful. I think they taped it a couple days before, and then he released it live on Thanksgiving. You could, you could, the link is still alive for like 72 hours, so you can watch it, you know, at your leisure. And man, it was working great, but I seen the show last night and I kind of want to shit on them because I gave them my money. They only gave me half the show because the stream wasn't doing any good. So I was just wondering if you had any insight. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't done comedy in a while, so you, you don't know nothing about it. No, I, 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 I do comedy. I, I go out with Craig Robinson a lot, so uh, funny. But no, I, 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 that's one of the things I don't do well is technology. Because um, right. I'm old school, and, and I like that, that real. I've tried a couple of Zoom shows, and it's, you know, like Kev on stage is a high-tech guy. So he, mm -hmm. he, has, he has that genre down. He knows, you know, he's troubleshotting. He's all over social media. Yeah, so he, he knows how to make that stuff funny with Tony Baker and his crew. They, they have a good, if you have a good system in place and you know, and that's the area that you're good at, I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think people want to sit at home. 
I myself would rather go watch stuff I haven't seen, uh, you know, the George Carlins or Richard Pryors and stuff like those tapes that haven't been seen. But, you know, I'm a comic, so I look at it totally different. But I like Kev on stage. I've sat in the audience and watched him. He's funny. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's a great businessman, you know, and he takes care of his people. So, yeah, I, I think um, those young people are, are doing you, what they do. Like, like, like for your, you know, your preference, would you rather it all be in, in studio or, well, I guess not because you guys do HBO and Netflix and all of that. That's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would tape it, you know, in front of a live audience, and then once people see it at home, yeah. I mean, that was a product that we did when we did HBO shows, you know, Robert Townsend's HBO specials. Yeah, it's just people, the money didn't come directly to us. I'm sure mm. if, if someone came to me and said, look, this is what we want you to do, I would find out how to do it the right way and do the best, give them the best product I would give them. I try to make it a little different, you know, with, with some things that I think that they would I would want to showcase as far as the stand up and put some things around it, maybe some uh, comedy bits, conversations, real talk about things. You know, I, I think I would go there, but um, that's what they're doing, man. They they they're getting it. So hey, listen. Yeah, thank the, you the, for the call because I got TK Kirkland. Oh, yeah. I, I hope you listen to it. Thank you very much, Hayes. Much respect. Oh, Oh, come on. Right. That's funny. Who raised you? <laughs> but that was nice. Hayes has always been a cool cat. Uh, I'm Lewis Dix. Um, uh, the name of the show is In a Man's World. I thank all of you for uh, hanging in there and uh, letting us get our feet, you know, on the ground uh, and and walking this the right way. And um, I'm sure I think Dan and Green will be back next week uh, to sit in with me. Uh, he was busy because I. I contacted him too late. He said he made other plans. So I'm like, okay. So I think he went to therapy, the this therapy today. Uh, <laughs> that's wrong. Uh, people in the chat room, thank you so much. Are they in the chat room? Okay. Um, tell them we said hi. Uh, I, I was, oh, I'm not allowed. I can talk about Seymour wants a show. That's what Code 3 said. Seymour wants. No, she was clowning her. Uh, we're talking about things that you can't do, um, that you can do. Uh, I got a homie calling in. He's uh, on East Coast time. Um, before he calls in, I wanted to talk about some... Um, I talked to the boss lady, and we were talking about some topical stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, cool. Um, he, uh, this gentleman... Uh, let's, let's play... Uh, no, I'll, I'll do his intro, then we'll play his clip. He's a 35-year veteran in the entertainment business. He's born in New Jersey. That's what they said. He's an actor, comedian, podcast host, and writer. And he has starred in um, various independent films, collaborated with HBO, and starred in the special titled More Funny, the, A History of Black Comedy in America. They say the reviews were astonishing, comparing him to legendary comedians Richard Pryor, Red Fox, and Moms Mabley. Uh, I know him uh, as a homie who uh, we all at the Comedy Act Theater. Uh, before uh, you know, all these comics said comics would tell the truth, he was before all of them. Uh, he told all the truth and we just loved watching him and he was his own man watch this clip <laughs> i want to give a shout out to all the women in here who don't believe in sit-ups <laughs> let me repeat it i want to give a shout out to all the women in here 
who don't believe in sit-ups. You like fuck a treadmill? Fuck a salad? Fuck going for a walk. Well, this is the way you feel. Why do you wear a belt around the stomach like we don't see the fat? What type of superhero is this? Every time I see a bitch with a belt around, I go, da 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 I'm a stomach hero. Hate to see a woman with a cheap weave. Ooh, that's him. He'll make you ooh. Mr. T.K. Kirkland's in the house. Hey. <laughs> What's up, TK? You gotta put. I think you're muted. You got. You got me now. I got you now. How are you? <laughs> What's up, Mr. Lewis Dix, yo? Yo, when they asked me to do your show a couple of weeks ago, I said I wouldn't miss this for nothing in the world. I, I was. I was so happy when uh, the boss lady said she reached out to you, and I said, "Well, he's always on Vlad. He's always doing somebody. He's always dropping knowledge." And I was like, "Oh, it'd be nice to talk to him because uh, we have a lot of truth between us." Yes, sir. And um, I, I just, uh, how are you, first of all? Yo, life is amazing, fam. You know, um, a lot of people had problems during the pandemic, but the pandemic really was a blessing for me because I got to finally stay home for a minute because I was always traveling. So mm -hmm. it was good. The kids are in college. Um, everybody's happy. I'm in Detroit, Michigan. I got a show tonight at the Toledo Funny Bone um, tonight and tomorrow. So I'm just in the gym. As soon as I get up the phone with you, I'm going to do a quick workout and start getting ready. Yeah, you, you've always stayed in shape. I guess that's your, but that's you. you now, you were born in, in New Jersey. What part of Jersey? Um, Jersey City, Jersey okay. City, New Jersey. So that is that where that, that uh, I don't want to say, I, I'll say strength, that, that hood strength comes from. Is, is that I think it's a combination of a lot of things, yes. I think it's, it's a combination of that. Um, and then some people got to be born with it. You know? So it's probably my DNA mm -hmm. as well. And it's just um, grew over the years by meeting different people. Because I think you're influenced by different people as you go through your journey in life. And all about choices. You could turn out to be horrible or you could turn out to be a great person. And even though I was in college and even though I was doing some of the things that I was doing, um, my journey was to make me the kind of man that I am today. Because if you haven't gone through nothing, you can't teach nobody nothing. So I'm happy with everything I've gone through. Yeah, because you, when you first, when we all first met Comedy Act, everybody had their own style. Everybody, yes. you know, everybody carved out, this is me. You could tell when a comic, when, you didn't have to worry about hearing another bit. Because somebody, he was always doing his bit. Tommy Davidson, Chris Tucker, you. Martin Lawrence, you know, just everybody. Yeah, you know, it was Ricky Harris. Yes. It was like there was no T.K. Kirkland, and it's interesting right. now because there are like seven or eight T.K. Kirklands now. <laughs> thank you for thank you so much. I think it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of uh, without acknowledgement. That's the thing that gets me. I mean, they, right. they won't acknowledge it that that this is his. They try to walk it as if it's theirs, and we that know, like, no, he he did that. He, he, yes, sir. He, yes, sir. He was, and you keep moving. You, you know, you don't get upset about it. We live in a world of what can you say in this business? Um, it's not like in the rap game, right? The rap game, they'll give people salute who they got love from. But in the comedy world, there's no respect. There's no, um, uh, what's the word? Um, looking up to the people who paved the way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you see the young comics getting the kind of money that they're getting now, which is excellent. With, no disrespect when I say there's no talent. Right. Um, just pretty well off numbers, right? 
But it's the same thing that happened in, in basketball with the Larry Birds and Magic Johnson. You know, Magic probably got 25 million his whole career. And you got ball players now making 10, 20 times that in one, in, 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 in one season. Right, right. Yeah, that's... that's and, and, and that's just the elevation of anything. I always say the people get the money later, get more money than the men who got it earlier. Got it. Now, you... you um, how, how did you get into comedy? I got into comedy by accident, to be honest with you. I think it all started from my situation that happened with um, Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy. It wasn't on my radar. Um, as I've grown older, I realized what Eddie and Charlie and Keenan did for me was um, a phenomenal thing. Well, I wasn't even doing stand-up. They brought me in their home, and I violated that. Somehow I turned the negative into a positive. Um, three years later, I got into stand-up comedy, um, got lucky. I had a gentleman that was at a, um, that saw me at a show who thought I was hilarious. He had me do a private birthday party, he paid me after the show. And I was walking to my car. As I was walking to my car, um, I took the money out of my um, jacket pocket and saw how much it was, and that was it. I knew I was on my way. Oh, okay. Now, you, so when you knew, okay, then... Then you decided to, to, to pursue it in what way? So uh, you get the money, you say, all right, I'm going to do this. So how did because you Because I was doing a lot of illegal stuff at the time. You know, I was doing a lot of illegal stuff. And, and comedy wasn't on my radar. It was just something that happened. Um, fell into it. Uh, liked it and just kept going. And as you get funny in this game, especially when you're young and you got people who are loving your show, um, it gives you motivation to keep going. So I just been, that, so, I think that was my strength. Was that in California or, or the East Coast when you started? That was California. I didn't, uh, I didn't start comedy until I was in Cali. Oh, okay. So you, so you, did, did you go to the white clubs first or did you come to the Comedy Act Theater? Where did I you? I went to Comedy Act Theater first. Okay. And then I got, I met another man who started Miss Wiz down in Long Beach. Yeah, I remember so that. So yeah. yeah, I started doing Miss Wiz down in Long Beach, then all the concerts. Party promoters got me, Philippe and Greg. So they brought me up to um, Paradise 24, the the, uh, the palace up there in Hollywood. And then I had um, um, uh, my street dudes had a comedy club over there at the Sheraton Hotel called Zeno's back in the day. Right. So once I got all that going um, and knew everybody in the music industry from Bobby Brown, the, the young kids, new edition, um, to Al Heyman, who's now the promoter, to Floyd Mayweather. Uh, he put me on a concert with Bobby Brown, uh, Tina Marie, um, uh, Keith Sweat, and that's how I ran into NWA. And I met Easy, and then the rest is history. Now, now, when you, in NWA, and you were working with all of them, was that as crazy as it's been portrayed? Was it just, like, electric? What was oh, yeah, that? it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I toured with everybody from... NWA to the Jay-Z to the Cash Money Millionaires has really been just a um, a true blessing. So NWA was the pioneer of this hip-hop game. And matter of fact, I just ran into one of the promoters uh, who started that back in D.C. a week ago because we was doing something with um, Anthony Hamilton. Um, I had a show out there. Me and him, we had our after party together in D.C. And I remember Mr. Brooks is his name. And the reason why I'm bringing his name up because I'm trying to find the footage. So if anybody knows, um, in 1988, when I was on tour with NWA, I got banned and was on the 11 o'clock news. It was like a big thing, man. And it was one of the greatest 
situations to for a comedian to stay on the limelight from NWA with have easy um, Ren and Dr. Dre standing behind me, supporting me, because I got banned in three cities after that concert that night. Because of your material? Because of my material. That's when Mississippi Burning Head came out. And um, comedy was just getting started, so we was testing the water, certain things you couldn't say. So when I was on stage, I said, uh, <laughs> how many of y'all saw Mississippi Burning? And the crowd clapped. I said, all the white people stand up. And I said, how, and that's all the black people stand. I said, hang the motherfuckers. And that got my ass doomed really? in Cincinnati, Ohio, 1988. Wow. Wow. Now, now, because you're known to just speak your truth. Is that when you decided that you were just going to keep doing it no matter what? Yeah. But I think that I think that was it because I was asked from a, um, a great business partner of mine. He's deceased now, David Klingman. He said, I got to make a choice. Do I go clean? or I go the route that I'm going and I chose that route. I chose to go the street knowledge, um, profanity, but over the years it's, 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 it's grown to education, it's grown to knowledge, it's grown to just timing. And I'm just, I'm just blessed to continue doing what I'm doing, just working like crazy. So obviously I'm doing something right. It's one thing I, I've noticed when I watched you and I've been curious. I. I I think it's the coolest thing, one of the coolest things I've seen a comedian do. And I tried it one time, it just didn't flow well. When you holding your mic, you got the wire on your yes. shoulder. So how, yes. did, how did that come about? <laughs> you know what, and that's good, it's just good observation. I just think so, it's so, something that happened. And what I love about that, you can look at all the comics ever. No one has that style. Nobody. I know. I know. I was like, that's the, I'm like, that's the epitome of coolness. I'm like, you know, it's just like, I saw it and I was like, damn, damn, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, mm. you know, you see somebody do stuff, you're like, man, that is, only he can do that. Only he can have that wire. And it's a relaxing thing. It's, it's just like, I feel like we're just chilling with you when you're, when you got that. Right, right. And, and I think it was one of the reasons I did it, too, because that cord was always in the way for me. So when you got it on the shoulder, it's, out, it's really out of the way. Got it. Got it. Um, you, now, you were saying the kids are in college because I actually, I volunteered at Southwest College. I was the hydration specialist up there yes. for the football team. And your son played for them. He was a wide yes. receiver. He was a wide yes. receiver. I was like, wow, because I heard Kirkland. I was handing out uniforms. I was like, Kirkland? I was like, man, your dad can be like, yeah. I was like, oh, man. I, yeah, I, Justin, he told me about that, too. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, he sure did. Yeah, I was like, man, I know your dad. And I was like, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I was really happy to see him in uniform. I was really happy. Yes, thank to you, see thank you. I was, really, I was really happy and proud of him. How many kids do you have? I have five. Five. Where are they, yeah. boys, girls? Uh, um, three boys and two girls. Now, see, being the the player you are, or people say, you would think you've it's had true. all girls. You no, think? no, no. I wasn't that, I wasn't punished like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, and, and, and I, 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 I pray every day that they, they grow up to be beautiful girls, the boys is doing well, and yeah. I just have strength within my family. I, I believe in strong leadership, mm -hmm. so my kids is right on point. They don't play with daddy, so... I make sure that they try to, I try to get them to where they got to go um, 
with the knowledge that I have because it's important to me. So you're just as honest to them as you are to the people in your audience. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, definitely. Right. That's that's something that's important. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, you had a I saw a clip of you, um, and it's you were discussing you were being honest again about when uh, comics who have passed away and and are not prepared financially. You had yeah, I, and it's just not common. This is not comedians. It's pretty much the world. Everybody's in such denial that they're not going to die mm-hmm. one day or they're not handling their business or they don't own property. They don't own anything. And I know a lot of people don't have money to do certain things, but it's something that kids just start thinking about at a young age. Um, you know, people want to date. Parents want to get their children. Oh, she's dating or he's dating. But I think that you should gear your children towards um, financial stability. Um teaching them how to save money. Um, I think parents, when they have children, they, I don't care if you got to put $50, $100 away until they're 21, you should do that. Uh, parents should have good credit. And when you have good credit, you put your child on your American Express when they're 16, 17 years old, by the time they're 21, um, they have a, a credit history. And then when they move out, they have um, apartment, good credit history, and a nice little decent car to get them from um, point A to point B. But to have um, dental insurance, life insurance, but definitely burial insurance. I mean, if you don't want life insurance, burial insurance is like only like nine, ten dollars a day. And I don't think people should put that pressure on someone else by saying, oh, you got fake friends or um, where the friends at. Because when you grown like us, you got a mortgage, I got a mortgage, you got cutters, you got kids. You can't expect people to just drop everything that you that you have going for yourself to do something for you when you knew like one day this day is coming. And I always tell people, your bad plan, it should not be my emergency. Understood. Now, who who is your comic friend that you've been boys with since, you know, that you're tight with? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, I've always hung by myself. Like, I see people, I, I, I put a lot of people on from DL to Mike Gavs and the list is long, but I don't, I don't really hang with nobody. I've always been a loner. I, I, I think it's, that's best for me, just to be a loner. Um, I just felt that some of the young men that I met on the way up, their mentality was different than my mentality. I'm not caught up in the he says, she says stuff. I'm not caught up in the negativity. So I just try to stay in my own lane and out the way. Now, now you mentioned um, DL, Mike Epps, Jamie Foxx. Now, I've read, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that you used to manage them. Yes, I had a company named Artistry Management um, with me, David Clayman, Tommy Chestero. And even though a lot of things came past me, I had the final say. They pretty much was the um, spearhead of the company because during those times, I was in the credit card shit. I was just doing bad things that was um, would have been bad for the company. So Sandra Bullock, um, who else was on there? Anthony Michael Hall, John Lucasamo. This is my whole my whole squad. But I had to stay really, really low key. Um, you know, all the comedians know. Y'all know I was really going through a lot of shit at that time. And well, we um, just talked. We just tapped as you were. You were a hustler. You were TK. Right, you, you know, we, you were doing you were doing things that you knew how to do that none yeah. of us knew about or knew how to do. Yes, sir. And, yes, sir. And we and, and to make ourselves feel better, 
we talked about it in a way that that was real bad, 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 bad. But if we knew how yep. to do it or knew what kind of world we would have, we would have said, oh, we would have kept our mouth shut in that respect. Yes, sir. I really appreciate that, Louis. That means a lot to me, you fam. Know. No, it, I mean, it was, it was, everybody was, you know, doing what they knew how to do or what they were comfortable doing. You know, right. I mean, it was like some guys would just use women. Some guys would, you know, do would each hang with each other and, and rip off each other. And right. so, so, you know, some cats just stayed out of the way and said, well, I'm going to jump into this white world. I was like, I'm going to be clean and try to do Cosby. So I'm going to do that. Everybody tried right. to be, try to paint their own picture so yes, they, sir. Can, yes, so they sir. can be seen a certain way. I mean, even your story is phenomenal. The start, the start at a comedy club as a light man. The, <laughs> yeah. And I don't think people know your story, too. Ladies and gentlemen, this man right here. Was be the light man at the comic theater and light the comedians as they came on stage. Whenever they went left, went right off the stage. He was. They don't have that in comic clubs anymore, which I think is a lost art. I, they should definitely have always have a spotlight. But he turned out he took. He went from the light man to becoming one of the greatest comedians in the country. And that's just we all those young comics back then got phenomenal. And all the comedians do. You know, they all got phenomenal stories. Yeah. But Lewis, you you have a story too that's phenomenal. I mean, the light man. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but I I, I I but I've always I've always watched you from afar because I grew up in Philly and Jersey, and I'm like, okay, I know guys like that, but y'all 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 couldn't be that guy. You couldn't be that guy. You think you that's could? That's right. But you couldn't be that. You couldn't live his life. You talk about it and talk trash about him, but you would you would wimp. You would melt under his life. So Absolutely. Let's, Absolutely. Let's deal with that. Look, today we're talking about um, things that we can and can't do. Like, I know I can't spell. Can you cook? Yeah, I can cook. Okay. Can you spell? Are you a good speller? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you play golf? I drive the hell out that car. Me too. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I, I, I don't have poor hand-eye coordination. I can't, but I drive that cart and let everybody else have a good time. I drive the fuck out that cart. Right, right. You hear me? Can you dance? Yeah, I'm smooth. Okay, all right. That That's usually a, a low-key way of saying you can't dance. I'm no, no, sorry. no. I'm really smooth. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, I can dance. Okay, can you sing? No, 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 not at all. No, okay. Uh, now, I can't ask. I thought about because... Uh, Sully McCulley was on. He told me to tell you hello. He was on earlier. Okay. And I I don't know if this is an adequate question to ask. A, uh, maybe the boss lady poetess can ask him this question. Remember I told you I K-I-S-S. I don't think I could ask him oh that question. Oh, my God. Lewis. I don't think I can ask him that question. Ask me the question. We'll Lewis want to know if you're a good kisser. But I can't ask that question. That, that, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You can't ask that question. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But you, the question, the way you should set you it up is. You thought it, though. No, but the way you should set it up is, TK, are you a good ki a kisser to women? Okay, yeah, all right. Do women think you're a good kisser? Yeah, okay. they do. All right, all right. Because yeah. <laughs> It didn't sound right saying, hey, right, can you kiss? Right. I mean, he would have he would have shut it down. If I had asked that, right. no one And else. I'm glad to know Miss Poe just has a hidden subliminal message there. Yeah, okay, right, right. Um, I do have a little little known fact about me and TK. Okay. Or TK and I. And um, I I wrote some of the stuff on his first, was it your first album, TK? Yeah, first me, album. Me and Def Jeff wrote, co-wrote yep. on uh, TK's first album. Oh, you were a rapper. Well, see, a lot of people don't know. It's like 
I wasn't a rapper. I was just a guy who, man, I got the money, Lewis. And I just stayed low key. Like I have a record label to this day. I just don't brag about it. I don't talk about it. I, when I say I really stay out the way and I'm really quiet about how I move, I've been like that a long time. I always tell people to stay low key and flex occasionally. Right. Okay. That's so a lot of things that like we were thinking we didn't know. Yes. So a lot of things we were thinking we didn't know. That's yes. Pretty, that's pretty cool. Can you can you see well? Because you got glasses. Yes, I can. Okay. Um, the, uh, can you ride a bike? Absolutely. I can ride a bike, but now that I got a little money, I got an electric bike. Oh. <laughs> hey, can you climb a, a, a tree or a fence? Can you, can you, can you, yes. you can get over it quickly? Yes, I can. Well, most hustlers can. Most hustlers can. Yes, most hustlers that's can. so true. Most hustlers. Um, can you, um, or how are you with directions? Good. I'm good with directions. Um, because now they have GPS. Okay. All right. But before GPS, <laughs> were you, did you get lost? I know. I, I can, I can pretend I can read a map. Okay. Yeah. That was map. You know, you, know, you got to have confidence when you read the map, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got your kids in the car, you go in the glove compartment when you get the map and you lay it out on the, <laughs> right. you lay it out on the, on the hood of the car. Right. Right. And, you, and, and this is how you do your hand. Yeah. <laughs> go. Yeah. And then get mad at them when they say the wrong thing. That's not right. Yeah, right, 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 right. Can you yeah, play? That, that's the day. That's the era we come from. Yeah, can you, you take play the map out and you lay it out? That is funny. Can you play an instrument? No. Okay. Can you swim? Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, how are you getting up early? You an early guy or? Early. I go to bed about nine to ten. I'm up like about two in the morning. Okay. Um, how are are you organized? Yes, very. Okay. Um, how about technology? I'm good with it. Yes, I am. Okay, was it a challenge for you when it first? No, I've always believed in that you gotta stay ahead of the curve so you don't get left behind. Okay. So whenever something come, I do my research on it and I try to stay right on it. How are you remembering birthdays and dates and important dates? I'm good, because they have these, these smartphones. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, that's what Suli said. Um, can you make Kool-Aid? Haven't messed with Kool-Aid in years, but yes, I can make Kool-Aid. Okay. What what are your eating habits like now? Are they have they changed? Um, yeah, they have. A lot more fruit, um, a lot, a lot of water, steak once in like every six months or something. But um I would say it changed a lot. And for a lot of different reasons, I can't eat pizza the way I want to because of acid reflex. So I stay away from all those things that I know that can bring me that kind of pain. So I, I mess with it once in a while. Have you ever had a, what's been your mo most, your major injury? Have you have broken anything? Have no, ever, nothing no? at all. Knock on wood. Okay, cool. Uh, we have a we have a question from the chat room. Cool, sure. Uh, TK, who are some of your um, favorite new comedians? Mm, that's a, based on styling, what I see they can get, where they can go is DC Young Fly. Yeah. Um, Carlos Miller. Um, when I look at these young comedians, what I love about it is this: these guys are going to be um, in the next twenty years. There's no stopping them, right? Because they blew up at such a young age, and to, I, I hope that I'm still around in twenty years to see where all this goes. Because one day they will be like me and Lewis, and looking at the other new comics. And what I'm thinking about: what new next? What new? technology will be out then. 
Do you find that a lot of the um, comics that are basically Instagram comics or online comics are able to translate that comedy on stage? What's going on in the comedy world is a lot of comedians are not taking serious. I, I, I don't have nobody opening up for me, but when I do, what I try to do is see if they can do clean material. I've had a couple people over the last month or so from Washington, D.C. to my show tonight in Toledo. Um, can they do a clean show? And no one can do a clean act. Then you get ignorance from some of the comedians. They'll say, well, he, he don't do a clean show, but it's my show. And to the people who listen, I'm going to give them some game. See, when you have a style comedian like me, you don't want profanity and um, sexual relationships talked about before the headliner gets on because that's sometimes part of my show. So it's like if you're the headliner, you want um, transition of comedy from beginning to end. And to the comedians who are listening, to the fans who are listening, tell the comic who's in this game at a young age, you got to learn how to do clean stand-up if you want to work in this game over 40 years. And that's just the truth. I, I can do clean. I can do it my way. And, and Lewis will tell you, you got to know how to do it all to stay in this business. And you got to look at things as a challenge. Like we did stuff for churches. We did things right. in the Mexican restaurants. Like there was nothing... <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a, it was always a challenge. Like, it, like we wasn't turning down nothing. We just, I love money so much. I'm like, what? I was, I work on what I need to prior to that event, but I'm not turning down no money right. because I can't do it. Nah. And these comedians that they don't don't live for that. They want things just easy for them. And you know, what else is crazy, Lewis. Remember when we was growing up, we would never walk into the green room unless we really had a name. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. These comedians that walk in the green room. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like they stars. Yeah. And I look at them when they come in. I got to tell them to leave. Like, yo, I want my quiet time. And, I, and they think I'm being rude. But, Lewis, we would have never went in the room with a Paul Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. No, we would we stand never outside. went yeah. in the room. Yeah, we never. No, you're absolutely right. We we would not. never and sit down there and, and talk like we earned the right to be in the room. Yes, without a doubt. That is that is that's the truth. That's that's the truth. Another little point about you saying be clean and, and being able to work in the room. That also is the truth of guys who think they're dirty or can say truth stuff. And then they get in front of some audience members who really are hard. They're not hard yep. at all. They get clowned. So true. They get, yep. they get clown. They get straight so, up clown. So, yeah. Because you got, the thing about comedy is you can't hide. Right. Right. You can't hide and you have to know who you are. Like, I'm a player. Like, everybody knows I'm a player. Mm -hmm. I like taking care of women. So I elevated my game, even in my stand-up, even when I get old, even when my kids try to put me in a, a senior living situation <laughs> all right i got jokes that when i as soon as they bring me in there i'm going to the ninth floor and i'm like knocking on women doors as soon as they open it I'm like hey baby you get a scooter you get and go down you get a scooter you get a scooter you get a scooter you know what i'm saying that is hilarious I'm gonna have them call, yeah i'm gonna have them call me mr kirkland so i tell people now you know if i'm dating young women to older women you know i mess with an older woman now 
Um, she's like 72 years old. I said, because you have to leave the young girls alone. I said, because I need to start messing with a woman that knew a sign of a stroke, right? Because these young <laughs> girls uh, think that you're, these young girls will see your face slipping and go get the camera right. and start recording you <laughs> trying to be on TikTok. Like, right. oh, my OG, he funny. He, he's slobbing. His eyes going back in his head. TikTok, TikTok. So I messed with a woman now named Beatrice Jones. You know, Beatrice Jones, 72 years old. And I met her running through the park. You know, I was running, had my little sweatsuit on, and I ran and bought a little ice cream. And when I got to, she invited me over to her apartment that night. You know, I went over, you know, I'm smooth. You know, we she sipping on some Hennessy and all that kind of stuff. So one thing led to another. I hit it on the first night. So laying in that bed the night, that night, I knew she was in, she was feeling me because she had a sleep number mattress, right? Uh. So she said, baby, what number you want on your sleep number mattress? You know, so she's going through the numbers. How? How's 27? I said, no, a little hard. How about 33? I said, 47 is cool. She said, 47, 47. But what you got to know is the sleep number mattress. This is my first time knowing this as on, because I knocked it off on the first night. When you snore, it has sensors to rise the mattress up. So I thought I piped it down real good that she was snoring. 20 minutes into her sleep, the bed is rising. I thought she died. I jumped out the bed. <laughs> I said, Beaches, how you dead? She said, no, nah, baby, it's the sleep number mattress. I guess the sensor. It's all in my stand-up. It's hilarious, Lewis. That is hilarious. That is, that is, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, that is funny. That's funny. You know, somebody say, you should like, okay, yeah, because I just saw, heard a commercial about the snoring and the sleep mattress. I just heard right. a commercial about that. Yeah, that is hilarious. Hey, listen, I want to thank you for taking the time, homie. Uh, seriously. Lewis, listen, yeah. I, this meant you have yeah. no idea. Mm -hmm what this meant to me doing this interview with you, my man. Well, it like, means I mean, a lot to I, me. I was going to make sure no, nothing was going to stop me from doing this interview with you and knowing that my girl, uh, Poetress, is on this as well. Listen, you keep doing your thing. Because um, I, when I saw that, I, I think I saw an email or something that came across about your podcast. Because she said, Lewis doesn't spell his name like that. You know, right. and that's how all this started. So he spelled Lewis. your name Dix. Oh, that's all right. That's cool. <laughs> D I C K S. <laughs> that's and how do you spell it? D I X. Oh, that's funny as hell. Yeah, D I X. Anybody <laughs> check it? Hey, man, much love. Thank you, man. Stay safe. Lewis, may your pain be champagne. All right, peace. Salute. T K Kirkland. I, as far as we go back, he still spelled my name D I C K S. That's old school. Hilarious. Yeah, he was. He's hilarious. He's been hilarious for the longest time. Yeah, I met uh, TK at the Regency West too. That that place was really crap. I met um, Jamie there, Speedy, back mm -hmm. in like '89. Yeah, T TK was was his own man. I, I love that about him. I mean, we all had our opinions about him, but nobody could be him. Nobody could walk his walk or live his life or talk his talk. And he 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 looked you dead in the eye and told you his truth all the time, and not many of us can were able to do that or still can't do that. And I'm Lewis Dix. I want to thank Sully McCullen, um, T.K. Kirkland. Um, it's uh, I hope the people in the chat room enjoyed it. Uh, before we go, uh, we we want to get into some topical news. Uh, the boss lady, um, her and I were talking when we first came in. Uh, first thing we want to do is send our condolences out to uh, 
the Avant family for the tragic loss of his wife, um, a home invasion. Uh, boss lady said that they did arrest someone. Yeah, they did arrest uh, a parolee. They happened to, um, I guess this guy was caught robbing another house and shot himself in the foot with uh, an AR-15. Um, but I'm just waiting for more details to come out because it just doesn't sound right. Yeah, and a security guard was there too in the home. Yeah, it just doesn't sound right why she was the, I, I don't know. I'm just waiting for more details. I don't want to speculate on anything. I, yeah. wa I watch too much forensic files. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and that it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting that, that I guess their home is big, you know. You know. The home looked pretty average on TV. I okay. mean, but I've, I, they said it was like a $7 million house. I don't know. It was in Beverly Hills. It's well, quite know possible. A $7 million house in Atlanta is, right. you know, but um, that's part of the, one of the most comfortable things or secure things for me is that being with Code 3, um, it's right by the bed. Mm. So somebody coming in, they're going to get it. She's emptying it. It's just one in the chamber all the time. Yeah, I, I had to tell my mom. I mean, it's just like we're in some crazy times right now with all these robberies. Like, people are really just like someone just got robbed in their driveway the other day in Hancock Park. Like, And I heard they had their kid with them. Yeah, so it's just like you really got to watch your back right now. Yeah. And I think because some of the laws are kind of lax now here in California, that's why we're having, like, all these smash and grabs and people stealing out of the stores. And like, it's, I feel sorry for the 7-Eleven that's right here next to the studio because mm -hmm. people go in there and, and grab whatever they want and walk out anyway. Yeah, yeah. Be careful what you ask for, Cascone. Um, but, and also, um, the Jesse Smollett thing. Um, so that trial started. Mm -hmm. I haven't really seen any, um, watched any testimony on it, but uh, I guess is uh, I'm just curious to, as to why he went why through he the trouble of yeah. doing all yeah. that. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, you just wonder what what was he, or you know, as old as the, our old school people would say, what were you thinking? You know, what 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 why? What, what were you thinking? I mean, you had you had everything in front of you. I don't know. Maybe it was something with him and uh, Lee Daniels. Maybe he was trying. I don't know. I can't call it. I mean, maybe some stuff's going to come out in the trial. Uh, I don't know. It's but, funny that it's just now starting, but I guess because of the pandemic and yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and of course, um, the, um, the, the school shooting in, in Oakland, uh, not Oakland Cal, but Oakland... Uh, was Oakland, Michigan? Is yeah, in Michigan. Um, uh, piece of the heart of those family members who lost those young people. I mean, but that they you said they they're gonna they charging the parents, right? Yeah, the parents were charged with um, um, involuntary manslaughter charges. Yeah, I mean they they I watched a little. They say bit. the suspect's father bought the semi-automatic handgun recovered in the attack alongside his son four days before the shooting. Mm. Mm -mm. And then they said that the little, the, one of the victims, the football player, you know, 
rushed him and tried to take the gun from him. And what a hero. I mean, that's, that's one of the things we try to tell people when they try to water down um, athletes from being so aggressive and being um, into it and all that. The, these, are, these are our heroes in the making. You know, these they have a certain attitude to protect. You but know, to so do let's the talk right about thing. the parents, though, because even the same thing with the Kyle Rittenhouse um, yeah. situation. His mother drove him out there. She knew he had a gun. Like, mm-hmm. and then these parents. Yes. Yeah. She and they said the mother had the text where she said, uh, "Next time, don't get caught." LOL. When he made the drawing, the tick. Uh, it's allegedly. Um, but it, it's, I mean, parenting is not easy. Some people should not be parents. Some people just, you know, they're, they are who they are and their kids become like them. I mean, it, it's just, it's, a, I, I just, you, you know, I mean, some people will say to make an argument that you can do everything right as a parent and the kid can still turn out bad. But there are also factors that go into things that you, red flags you see. I mean, the school, I mean, the school let him, allegedly let him back in after and didn't search his backpack. So they, the parents came up, allegedly, this is what I, I read, that allegedly the kids came, the parent, they called the parents up to the school the same day, um, showed them the drawing, had a meeting about it, um, did not check the kid's backpack. Well, I just read and I just saw uh, Cavett Hayes mention, and I'm reading online that the parents are now on the run. Okay. Wow. So that's the kind of parents they are. They're on the run. They left their kid. They're on the run. <laughs> they just. They just. They know where he's at. Yeah, that's. <laughs> It's not like you know. <laughs> they know he's getting three meals, huh? They know he. They know he's eating. They they know he's eating. That's hilarious. They know that was funny. They know where he's at. Uh, so that uh, that makes me wonder um, how much more their parents the parents had to do with it. Did they encourage him to do it? Some evil people out there. It's some evil people out there, and um, wow. So, um, and these parents have to live with this pain. Like they said, all they did was wake up that morning and send their kid to school. And, um, whew. Yeah, it's just, it's just a really um, um, hard time right now. And I just want to encourage uh, our listeners, turn off the news, take a break, take a social media break. Yes. Um, Go for a which walk. Which is what I plan to do this yeah. weekend because it's just, it's just too much. It's yeah. just too much negativity, and you may be feeling all right, but subconsciously, this stuff bothers everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, yeah, so we wish everyone peace of mind, peace of heart uh, to all the uh, the listeners out there. I'm waiting for my man to call. Uh, what's his name? He used to always Sweet yeah. Willie. He's in the chat room right now. Is he? Shout out to Sweet Willie Wonka. I'm, I, Willie Wonka, I can't believe you haven't called. Willie it. Wonka, Lewis want to know, um, do you know how to kiss good? No, I don't. <laughs> Are you a good kisser? <laughs> 
Willie Wonka, I, I think about you often, man. Lewis, don't never ask a guy is he a good kisser. I know. Uh, unless I, you want to kiss him. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, that's why I stopped myself and had you ask him. But, but he did tell me how to ask the question, does your girl think you're a good kisser? But why still would you want to know that? It's just a weird question. I don't know. It is. It's exactly. Weird it's yeah, okay. a weird question. It's, it's I weird. help you with the questions next time. Thank, yeah, okay. <laughs> Hey, listen, I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you, boss lady. We'll see you guys next week. Dan and Green will be here um, with me sitting Bring in. your raincoats. Oh, that's cold. Hey, in a man's <laughs> world, we're out. Thank you. Have a great weekend. <laughs>